Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. How's it going, everybody? This is Knife Talk Podcast. I am Mareko Malmasi, and we welcome you back to another episode. I am back after the Y'all Beef episode. Uh, I'm here with with Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, and unfortunately, uh, the captain of the ship, Mr. Craig Lockwood, is off being a fucking gallivanting rock and roll star, probably doing all kinds of drugs and hookers and shit. And so, whoa, (laughs) that's what they do, right? (laughs) Wow, you went. Listen, I heard about the night that his kid was being born. And for, so I just, he's getting warmed up, you deep know, cut, deep and, cut. Now, and now, and now he's living that lifestyle oh. full board. Jeez Louise. You really <laughs> gave him quite a send off. God bless you. Yeah. God bless you, Craig. He's uh we're recording. This is Friday. Obviously you guys are listening on Monday and Craig is rock and rolling right now. He's at a fucking big old show somewhere. Yeah. He's, uh, doing he's, his rock he's, and roll thing. he's become quite a, uh, He's become quite a look. He's living the life that everybody wants of where you find your deepest, darkest dreams. Maybe the darkest dreams, but your deepest dreams. <laughs> Drugs and hookers in whorehouses, <laughs> hey, hotels behind again. hospitals. Have mercy, baby. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, he's living his, he's doing, he's seizing, he's seizing <laughs> life by the, you know, short and curlies. Right? I think that's what it is. So. Anyways, the Knife Talk podcast is a knife. I mean, it's just what it, it's, it's all in the name, right? So we're right. here to talk about knives, answer questions, help you work through dilemmas, uh, whether it's in the shop or with customers or life in general. We also give each other a hard time. So we thank you all for joining us and for allowing us to come join you in the shop and keep you company jeff how has the last week been it's i tell you what it's i'm fucking tired frankly and the 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 first this is like the second week of the second week of the new year yeah new year's tough because especially if you're in this concept of you know we have created this i don't know we but society is this way where like the end of the year mark you know your christmas new year's hanukkah all that is ends in the end of the year and you, you have this fin, you have this finite end to the year so it's like yeah. i don't like it because that first kind of push back into the new year you're kind of starting from scratch and it's like it's not I don't like it. I don't like it. I want a continuation. You know, I want like this continuation Mm. because like... Do you feel like there's like a a huge loss of momentum or something or... Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I mean, the pressure's off. You know, the deadlines are off and the pressure's off. And now like when I look at our, you know, our, uh, the, the stats and our, the stats for the, you know, the, for the company and all of a sudden it went from whatever the number was at the end to the next day, it's to zero, (laughs) zero (laughs) starting from fucking scratch. It's just like, it is a little bit demoralizing. So Mm -hmm. I've been doing everything I can through December and before to prepare myself myself for 
the new year. So we started doing a lot of new things and, you know, people are having this kind of sales in Christmas and New Year's hangover. So I don't mm -hmm. think people are buying as much as they used to. So oh, yeah. we're finding ourselves, we've been doing a lot of new things and we got some new stuff down the Coming, coming up in a couple of weeks or lots of lesser expensive things, rehandled spatulas. We got a load of those and all these different things. And I'm fooling around with, you know, the concept of wholesale abroad and oh. we're dealing with, well, I mean, I got, I got approached by a company in the UK to maybe have some knives, a short batch. And it's like, you're going back and forth with like wholesale and talking percentages and writing back emails and figuring out what can we do and what is this going to work? Is this worth our time? And it's just like the last week has been work, but a lot of like a lot of business work mm -hmm. that I'm not thrilled with. That so. might that might be your in into the UK because we've talked about in the past how difficult it is, especially to get stuff into the UK. But if you have a designated distributor that the work is going to, well, they could be your in into that market. Don't tell the listeners because those oh, fuckers are gonna all. I tell you what, knife makers, if you're listening to this and you're a knife maker, there's a very good chance you're an idea thief. So I'm just, just be aware that I'm aware. I'm aware. But it's like the, the concept was is like I know I, I'm, I'm, I'm very hesitant to be involved with resellers because it's just like, especially in the United States, only because it's just, it's unless it's wholesale, it's not really like kind of worth the, it's not really... The juice isn't worth the squeeze so much, right. and 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 then you know I've had real I've been burned by resellers who have left. The, right. They close the business down. They have my they shit. Vanish. Oh, dude, <laughs> I have I have one company that had I had that not only has knives but has sculpture. They vanish mm. from the face of the earth, and it's like I'm very aware of not wanting to do that. But this company is you know it, they got a good reputation, and I have friends who've dealt with them in the past. And I the you. thing is, is it's so hard to get things abroad. If now if shipping abroad from the United States was inexpensive, I'd have a completely different business. I'd almost have probably, I would say I would probably have four times the business at least that I have now. And I'm not even exaggerating. It's probably even un under, but it's so expensive to send yeah. anything abroad. And the idea of having one guy who's buying a load and he's, you know, whatever, it, it, it's good. But then all of a sudden it's just like we're nickel and diming each other. And it's like, it's stuff I don't really want to do. But at the same time, this is, if you want to be in business, you got to do things you don't want to do sometimes. Mm. So that's where we're at. Do you so, feel, are you feeling like you've maxed out? your potential here no. in the U.S.? No, we have, okay. no, maxed out is, of course not. It's just that finding new eyes and constantly gotcha. doing new, having different ways of doing business. We're, we're supposed to have a conversation with this chef who we're going to, Tony's back into wanting us to do collaborations. We're going to do collaborations again with Chef Series. Okay. So we're, you know, I was supposed to be in a phone call today with someone and they canceled the last minute and fine and we're going to do it next week and we were trying to find different ways in which to kind of get a more broader view and it's not maxed out maxed out is ridiculous it's just a question of like <laughs> how are we going to get how are we going to get new more eyes you know how are we going to grow as a company and it's mm -hmm. the the problem with this podcast is we kind of talk about life like all right you're in your shop and then you you all of a sudden you have so many people who want to buy your knives that you quit your job and then you just make your sh make your little garage or basement you know you just do more work and it's just more to it than that. there's like 
forecasts and thinking about things and making decisions sure. that you don't want to do and how do we want to grow and so there's just a lot of like internal stuff that you have to do if you don't want to be static and you don't want to be you know status quo and we don't want to be status quo yeah so I want my guys to side. make more. I want my. I want to make more money. I want my, my guys to make more money. I want everybody to make more money. I want us to do better. So it's like you got to do things that you don't want to do. So that's what I'm doing now. Okay. How are you? I'm good, dude. I just got a soda stream. Look so at you. I'm fucking set. I'm good. Uh, do you like the soda stream? I just got it, but I do. It's awesome. Are you like a? Are you like a seltzer water person? I do the sparkling water. Like the yeah, flavored. seltzer water. Is that seltzer water? I yeah. don't know. Club okay. soda, so, so, sparkling water, seltzer water. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it went It went from, I don't even know how much a, a 24-pack of cans of soda is, oh, but... Five bucks. Went, <laughs> That's what I was paying. <laughs> I think I it paid cost, five bucks. At our Costco, it's like nine bucks for LaCroix. La, La or whatever. Oh, you look at you, LaCroix. Uh, yeah, we, we, get the sh- we get the cheapest shit we can Good find. Shit. Oh, oh really? dude, I'll get the kind like run over by a truck. <laughs> Dump dented cans. I don't give well, a fuck. Well, the, fucking spark, soda, like. the soda stream, one, it doesn't take up much space. Two, right. it takes that 24 pack and it, it squeezes it down to less than $2. A 24 wow. pack. Wow. It's fucking great. So, Have you heard that people are using a soda stream in like whiskey? I believe it. They're putting the soda stream in like car, in like alcoholic beverages and making them carbonated, and it's supposed yeah. to be amazing. Yeah, I had a friend who is a craft cocktailer in Seattle, and he would they had this special shaker where they could charge it with CO two and shake it, so it was really like penetrating that cocktail, or whatever, and make it effervescent and fizzy mm. and stuff. And it was pretty fucking awesome. I bet. So that you get to skip kind of diluting the drink with like say club soda or soda water or something like that. Um, or I guess tonic, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, so that it help it kind of, you can ah. kind of kind of have more control over the flavors. Right. Um, rather than diluting it or having to, I guess. Yeah, I understand. It. Yeah. Anyways. So it, that's the big news stuff. in the house. Soda stream. The soda stream, at least for me. Do you um, have to get like contain? You have to get like you have to go to like the welding supply store to get canisters of CO two. No, what are you? No, no, no. They, I guess they have an exchange program, uh, kind of like propane bottles, but they're just tiny little CO two bottles. Um, but the CO two bottles charge up to sixty liters of liquid. Wow. And um, and the little containers are about uh, a quarter of a liter, which is a weird number, but essentially like two cans of soda. And um, two 12 ounce cans, and that's plenty for me. I usually only have a couple a day, anyways. So. Oh, I'm just, I'm a, f- I, I, I like, I like a seltzer water. What are we talking? Seltzer water? Is it seltzer water talk? Seltzer talk. Guys, listen, seltzer water talk is sponsored by Even Heat, manufacture the finest heat treat ovens available. To go get your next e- uh, Even Heat, your next heat treat oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Check out what they got going on. Get that tap control. Get that solid state drive. Get that turn and burn, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even Heat is the sponsor of Seltzer Talk. That's the name <laughs> of the show. Well, one thing I did want to make sure I bring up, I'm going to be at the Travis Wirtz Hammer Inn oh, nice. in March. It's St. Patrick's Day weekend, so that's March 16th and 17th are the actual Hammer in days, which is a Saturday, Sunday. And uh, I just want everybody to know that uh, I'm going to be down there, and the tickets, Travis, I just talked to Travis earlier, or I guess last week, um, 
and the tickets just went on sale. They always sell out. So if you think you want to go, uh, start looking at tickets and coordinating flights now because March uh, right now is kind of the sweet spot for buying tickets, especially if you're in the United States because it's kind of there's like this weird period of like. 50 days out from whenever you're traveling is kind of sp- supposed to be around the sweet spot for buying tickets. Huh. And uh, that's about happening around now-ish and so, huh. or soon. And so anyways, there's going to be a lot of really great demonstrators there. I don't know what I'm going to be demonstrating necessarily because I'm pretty flexible on all the different skills I can share and talk about and demonstrate and all that kind of stuff. But some of the other demonstrators are going to, are a little bit more narrow, so I'm I'm allowing my I told Travis just put me in wherever you want me to do whatever, um, but there's going to be like Mike Quesenberry is going to be there, uh, uh, Vince Evans who is like a, a sword maker, he's huh. like one of the best sword makers in the United States and probably one of the best in the world, uh, and then there's Devin Thomas who's like a fucking legend in Damascus making, um, and then. Uh, Owen Wood, who's also a, a folder maker and precision welded Damascus. Ken Onion's going to be there. There's huh. going to be a lot of demonstrators. I think Ben Snur might be there. I can't. He's speak always for there. I, well, he hasn't been there when I've gone. Oh, he was there last two years. Okay, that's new, and I'm yeah. I'm happy for it because I look forward to actually meeting him in real life and hanging out with him. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. So uh, if you go to TravisWords.com, you just got to scroll down the page just a little bit and you hit the 2024 Wurtz hammer in, and you will get more information there as well as uh, like availability for tickets and all that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it's in Casa Grande, Arizona. So it's kind of an in-between spot between Phoenix and Tucson, but it, it does have like a Holiday Inn and other hotels and it's got like a a mall and all this like it's They'll not just it in the middle of fucking nowhere They'll even though the hammering is on the gourd farm but yeah no it's a great time and it's a good opportunity to meet some of the best best makers in the in the country and some of the best in the world and to make friends and and there you go yeah, develop relationships all that all that business how was your how was your christmas and new year's christmas christmas is okay <laughs> i mean i feel like i was humbugging it pretty bad and again i don't want people to think that i you I were don't. humbugging it before you were definitely yeah. humbugging it yeah i it's not that i don't like the holiday like i'll listen to christmas music literally any time of the year oh i know crazy uh, but I, the thing I don't like about it is just like the shittiness and the weird expectations, uh, around the gifting. I want, I, I want to be hanging out with people. I want to listen to the stupid music. I want to be eating tasty foods. That's what I want my holiday to be, be, be more about. But then there's all this weirdness around gifts and stuff, which I talked about before that I hate. And so that was probably the, the, the low end of things for me. But other, so that's oh, your shit. all beef review. That's your own personal beef. You miss the all beef review. There's your beef. <laughs> nah, I'd already been talking about it though. I know. Yeah, I know. Anyways, um, but yeah, the whole. I mean, getting to hang out with people and see people and chat with people and catch up was really great. Um, New Year's was super low key. Uh, the kids stayed with grandma and grandpa so that the wife and I could go out and we didn't do anything too crazy. Um, we went to this uh, local oyster bar restaurant place. That's price is supposed to be one of the better places in town uh and unfortunately the food was disappointingly mediocre and, Whoa. <laughs> and so the best the, thing actually the best thing on the menu were their raw their oysters on the half shell um but otherwise like we got a lobster bisque and we got steamed clams and we got you know uh steak and steak and frites and it's it, it sucked was, 
It was up. It didn't suck, but I was like, what the fuck did I just pay for? This is all of it was mid disappointingly mediocre. Whoa. Yeah. Was that's like, a drag. Yeah. And the last time we'd eaten there was wait a second. Three years was it, ago. Was it New Year's Eve? Yeah. That's the reason. No, it was early. We were there early. We no, weren't even the in the day, middle of the New rush. Year's Eve, New Year's Eve food or like holiday foods, Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, Christmas foods. It's always mid. It's always mid. They don't Those do are, a special menu. This is all just like their regular shit. Telling you. They okay. have their, their, their restaurants packed. They're all prepared. They're doing all this stuff ahead. It fucking is mid. I'm telling you. I know. <laughs> Restaurant people will tell you that like Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, all those special days the food's well, always gonna be mid no we got down there early like 5 30 i i'm telling you it, mid it, it was mid. like fucking mid <laughs> you said it was mid i think they're just basic all the time because the last time we got there it was also disappointing and i'm like i, I again I, I i have a hard time going out and eating because if i like it one the ambience it wasn't really anything crazy like the bartenders are back there talking shit to each other the whole time we're sitting at the bar eating our dinner and and then the food was basic. And I don't know. It's just, I don't, I have a hard time spending money on stuff that I could just fucking cook at home. Uh, I'll be for you. Here he goes. You, you're making it up. You, we missed you last week, but you made it up just now. <laughs> but the I'll reason we went you. early is because we decided we were going to go watch a movie. So we went and saw a movie. Uh, we saw the, uh, the Ferrari movie about Enzo Ferrari and the How business. Was it? it was good. It was kind of gnarly. There were some dark <laughs> parts for sure, but it was good. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the time go to go see a movie is go ahead. New Year's Eve. Fuck, and there was nobody there. It was awesome. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, that makes a good point. Yeah, I don't, I haven't been in a movie in a long time. What are you talking about? Listen, you know what? i tell you what. This is knife talk, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't <laughs> seltzer talk. This isn't mediocre meal. This is life, though. We're talking about stuff. But I want to tell life. you one more thing, guys. Go to combatabrasers.com, put in the promo code 15, per, promo, the promo code knife talk 15 for 15% off all your abrasives, all your needs. The great stuff over there, combat abrasives, combatabrasers.com. I am glad you're back. I am glad that I'm sad that you missed the all beef review, I must say, because it was a lot of fun and it was all a lot of bullshit. And we have some <laughs> listener feedback and there were some really funny moments. Okay. And we got a lot of nice messages about thanks for cheering us up on the for the all beef review. So we're all uh I'm glad you're back. I'm glad to be back. All right. You wanna do some questions? Let's do it. Guys, if you want to interact with this show, go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. And then you can send us your, your DM us your questions. You can knife talk podcast on Instagram. You can DM us your questions. Usually I'll do a uh, call to action and whatever it takes. Try not to give us the Magna Carta. You know what I'm saying? Be concise. Sometimes we, we read these long things and sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense. So give us a nice question and we will answer your questions. Mareko, take it away. All right. This first one is from Brian Fensil. He says, I got a question on making Brute to Forge looking nice and black. After heat treatment, my latest attempts have all come out gray and won't blacken in fair chloride, uh, Gatorade, or instant coffee. I'm guessing it's decarb that's causing this. Uh, I'm using ATP during thermal cycling and, and heat treat. I don't know what ATP is. that an anti-scaling agent of some sort? I have no idea. Right. ATP. Uh what should I try next time? Okay, so they're trying to blacken the blade after they've done the forging and get it through heat treat. Right. Um, 
most like if you look at Japanese knives, some uh, some of the blackening is coming from forge scale that's being left on the knife. Now, if your knife is an EDC, a camp knife, a Bowie knife, outdoor knife of any kind, you fucking leave the forge scale on, whatever. But if it's a culinary knife, you got to take that stuff off because that's going to eventually chip off into somebody's food and they're oh. going to be eating a chunk of oh. like this nasty <laughs> iron oxide magnetite kind of like <laughs> they're going to think it, they're going to think it's like a truffle scale but it's actually like it's going to fucking take your teeth out yeah you think getting an eggshell in your scrambled eggs is oh. bad fuck Can you imagine scale <laughs> is harder you know what the crazy thing is is when i was in a metal shop uh we were we were trying to drill through some forged steel and this guy and the guy yeah. told me the carbon on the outside, the scale, is actually harder to drill through than the steel itself, which it is. is true. Imagine yeah. biting down on that shit. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't out. know the, the data exactly, but I feel like somebody was telling me one time that the forge scale can be as hard as, like, 90 Rockwell. That's believable. Which is, like, Be basically carbide material. <laughs> it's teeth taker outer. Yeah. Losing teeth. Losing teeth. Losing, so, losing teeth. You got to clean that shit off. But the trick is then how do you darken it? And if you are leaving uh, a brute to forge forge texture, it's kind of hard to, oh, you know what? I think I know what the solution is. It's, I think I know what one of the problems is. Well, I, I do think the carp, like they're saying the, um, that it's decarb is a problem, but I, I think a solution uh, could be, oh God, now my brain sold it. Uh, what's it called? Gun blue? Well, gun blue, actually gun bluing, yeah, could, uh, like a cold bluing or even hot We got to talk whichever. about that when we're done with this part. Or even but rust bluing could be a, a way to darken up the blade. I um, wonder if one of the problems is, is he's using 1095. Because 1095 sure. gets very, very gray. Like light yeah. gray. Yeah. When you quench it, when you, whatever, it doesn't really get really dark unless you add some sort of like, you know, chemical. Yeah. There's a process that I'm completely blanking on right now that used to be used for, um, well, it, it also for armoring, or for, uh, sorry, arms, guns and stuff like that as a protective coating. Um, but it's not the gun blowing. It's a different process. And it's pretty, a, a lot of makers, use, the DeRogers use it. Um, Salem Straub uses it. A lot of makers use this darkening technique, which is, I'm, I guarantee, I'll, I'm going to, while we're going through this episode, I'm going to try to f pull it up and figure it out because I'm, it's driving me fucking crazy that I can't think of it right now. Parkerizing. Parkerizing at, is what it's called. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. You did fucking it. did it. You fucking Par did it. Parkerizing. parkerizing. What is parkerizing? So if you, yeah, parkerizing is a great way to darken a blade no matter what the steel. Uh, I don't know if it'll darken stainless, but carbon steels, it doesn't fucking matter. It'll, especially mono steel, it'll darken it. Um, and that way you don't have to fight with the decarburization and stuff like that. And the reason I know that it'll work is because Adam DeRogers, who is an exemplar knife maker, master bladesmith, forger, he does these really great brute to forge. I think he calls them orc knives. And, uh, oh, Jason Knight actually does parkerizing as well. And, but anyways, 
he'll forge a blade out of w, uh, W2 or something like that, and he'll blacken the whole thing, and he'll keep a brute to forge texture, but that all will all be dark, even across the whole blade. He'll he'll do the finish grind and everything. He'll parkerize it. It'll darken the whole thing, and even the decarburized uh, brute to forge area will be dark, and they're beautiful. They're fucking gorgeous knives. Uh, I love them so much, but yeah, parkerizing is a great way. I think, like Jeff is saying, um, the gun bluing, uh, rust bluing is another process. I think Jason Knight is one that turned me on to that process. I've never done it myself, but from what I understand, you effectively just force a rust patina on a knife and, and it helps actually prevent rust, uh, in the future. And, and which is another, again, another protective coating process that's really old, but it's somewhat more time consuming. So it kind of fell out of fashion when some of these other techniques and approaches were developed, um, but is also effective. I wonder, there's a couple things. One sure. is, is I remember uh, the gun bluing thing people ask a lot of times, and we've covered this a couple of years ago about whether or not it's food safe or not. I was right. told that if you leave on the gun blue overnight and then you kind of neutralize it in the morning and then buff it off with a with a steel wool that it is food safe now i can't yeah. i don't know 100 percent. i'm not a sure I, i'm hearing from someone who i believe but at the same time like i don't have there is not a lot of real world experience with that yeah i just remembered another one that people have started doing a lot more or seeing more of and um and it's boiling a blade or soaking a blade in hot uh baking soda rich like uh water like a, a solution of baking soda and water and that's it and, but just like letting it boil and now obviously you want to do this separate from the handle because any excess heat and moisture is going to really fuck up whatever handle material you got in right. there even if it's synthetic um so you got to do this handle off whether it's full tang or hidden tang but that there are people who have been getting really great uh finishes on their blades um, using that baking soda bath situation. Now, I'll tell you this. When I do the stone wash finish and I, and I use uh, a mixture of, of vinegar and um, ferric mm. chloride, yep. for stainless steel, what you do is it darkens the stainless steel. And I'm surprised at how yeah. dark it is. It doesn't get jet black, but sure. I don't leave it in there for an hour. But I am amazed at how dark the stainless steel gets just from that. And you could, for sure, as long as you get a good finish, I mean, you could definitely, without question, use that. Now, I haven't used it for carbon steel, but it's like a nice mix of uh, vinegar and ferric chloride, and that gets a stainless dark. Yeah. But how about this? And I've said okay. this before, and maybe this isn't like, for, cam, for we're talking cam knives and stuff like that. You know, you, when you see, and I could be wrong. This could be something completely, I, don't, I haven't done it myself. I think I might have kind of done it by myself. Okay. But if you did like, you know how you season a cast iron pan, you season a cast iron pan, but you take the cast iron pan, you rub it with oil, and then you put it in the oven at 350 okay, yeah. degrees. Right. Couldn't you darken the dark parts the same way? Couldn't you, like, in theory, let's say he treat the knife, uh, he quench the knife. What? On Damascus or on monosteel? Mm, on monosteel. I'm thinking okay. about the, I'm thinking, my p total opinion is, is his, when I think of someone doing a brute to forge knife, yeah. it's a forged monosteel knife with 
you know, the shiny part and then the, the forged part is on the darker side. Mm-hmm. Let's say you quench a knife. Let's say it's just regular. Let's say 1084. You quench it. You heat treat it. Or you, you quench, you heat treat it. You quench it. You temper it. And then you grind it the way you want to grind it. Then you hit the whole fucking thing with vegetable oil and put it in a 350 degree oven, which is 50 degrees lower than what you'd normally do. And bake that fucking darkness on. Couldn't you do that? That might be a way. I've I've never seen anybody really do that, but I know that's a process that's used for carbon steel pans, yeah. cast iron. Yeah, so that could be that could be a thing as well. Because you don't need to go 500 degrees to season a cast iron to season a cast iron pan to get them right. dark. But right. at the same time, you're also getting a like it's a, there's a little chudgy situation going on there. It's not like <laughs> it's not, I mean depending on how you do it. If you don't you want to like a fucking a caked on oily outside, you know. Something to think about. I knew this one guy. I'll tell you this. I'll tell. You, I knew this one guy years and years ago, and then he had he had, had this really awesome finish, and it was super jet black dark. And I sent him a message saying, "Hey, just out of curiosity, you know, how did you do that?" And he goes, "Family secret." And he fucking that was the end of that. I was just like, "All right, well, here's your family secret. Go fuck yourself. I don't. I don't need your help. I don't need your help. You don't need mine. I don't need yours." So great. That was a good one. Hey, you know what I would do if I wanted to keep the um, if I wanted to keep the forge scale dark and I wanted to keep the steel part shiny is I'd use some Adasa Rhino Wet. Rhino Wet is some of the best stuff. The red line is unbelievably good. And mm-hmm. if you go to TexasFarriersSupply.com and you put in the promo code KNIFETALK10, you're going to get 10% off all your Rhino Wet, all your supplies. At Texas Farrier Supply, they got everything you need to get started and resupplied. Definitely check out. In Das USA, makers of the Rhino Wet at Texas Ferrier Supply. Nice. We get another. We have another. We have another good uh, brute to forge question from Black Rock Forge. Good day, fellas. What's your tips and tricks when it comes to brute to forge? How do you keep the belt from kissing? How do you keep the belt from kissing the upper part of your knife close to the spine? Radius platen. Big contact wheel. What's your go-to? Love the show. Peace and love from Nova Scotia, Black Nova Rock Forge. Scotia. All right. So this is like yeah. the this is like the no Craig. Craig's out there. He's doing his rock and roll. He's some that you know. You said it, Coke and hookers. I mean, <laughs> I didn't say it. You did, but I'm just echoing what you said. Craig's with Coke and hookers of the you know whatever, <clears throat> and we're me. answering all the forging questions. That's it. That's it. That's what we're here for. Coke and hookers. So what do you think? Well, well, I'll tell you what I do because I do I like I brute to forge is so cool because it's just really it's neat because you want to show that the hammer work, you want to show that you you know you didn't cut you know the stock removal it no offense to stock removal guys you want to show that you forge you want to see the hammer marks, but you also don't you know you might want a nice transition when on my friction folders. I do a, um, a hollow grind with a small contact wheel. And the mm-hmm. reason why is I will get the best um, distance. I'll get the best geometry and distance with keeping as much material on the, the top as possible because those friction folders are tiny. They're like they're like not even three quarters of an inch from the spine to the edge. So I want, to, I want maximum uh, geometry and with taking the minimum of material out. They look, they look better that way. So I, I'll use a small. I'll use the contact wheel. My new favorite contact wheel for that is on the Mareco Platin on the Broadback Ironworks Mareco Platin. The bottom, yeah. the bottom wheel is what I use. Okay. Because he's right. 
if you you on a flat plat and if you're not holding it right and you know you're not using a jig or something like that you can you can take it all away 100 mm-hmm. percent. yeah what do you think yeah i mean i think the trick is unfortunately is just practice and making mistakes and trying to learn from those mistakes <clears throat> i have seen some work rests that um take basically like a, th- a a thin gauge material say like maybe a 16th of an inch and bend a little lip on it and then uh clamp that to the t- tool or to the table to the tool rest t- whatever the fuck i just called it the rest the work rest and so it's right up right almost against the belts but just off right but if the spine of the knife is against that little lip it can never touch the belt because that little lip is there keeping right. it from hitting the belt and because it's only a 16th of an inch then it's you know you're it allows you especially for taller blades to grind or kind of have a little bit more control over how much of the face of the blade is exposed um while still keeping that spine off of the belt you know work rests are awesome and the broadback ironworks work rest i was able to do all of our shop knives because we were able to drop the the work table mm-hmm. just low enough that we could hit the the bottom of the Mareco platen wheel exactly where we wanted it every time so the work that you're 100 percent right like an adjustable work rest is going to make your life a lot easier yeah yeah, there. Yeah, and there are makers. If you look up G dot, or sorry, B dot G dot Bosch, B O S C H. They're a maker out of the, uh, the EU, and they have a a grinding jig that is a little work rest, but has an attach like that thin gauge material, like I'm talking about, attached to it to help with grinding blades. But it's got that little lip that keeps the spine off, so you can grind without. Um, hitting that spine it's pretty uh pretty damn handy so it's almost like a rail to keep you off to yeah, keep just, the top part of the spine off the platen yeah and it's not tall it's just like maybe a quarter of an inch hmm. but it's just enough so that the blade while the blade is resting on the table i, I feel like this is hard to visualize but while the re- blade is resting on the table spine down there's this basically yeah like a little fence or a guardrail that's only a quarter inch tall that keeps the spine from engaging the belt but it still allows you to grind the rest of the blade mm. yeah all those i mean i think that too. uh the adjustable work rest that uh broadback sells allows you to just you know ride the ride the flat of the knife and then yeah. it allows you to kind of like just touch just a hair off the thing which would you if you wanted to use a flat platen instead of like a instead of like a contact wheel you could definitely do that yeah that can help um for sure yeah well why don't, why don't we just talk say guys go to broadback ironworks i'm doing all the ad reads right off the bat I need 34 minutes it. in and i'm doing all the ad reads broadbackironworks.com makers of the 2x72 grinder you should definitely check out what they have especially those adjustable work rests especially the Mareco platen all their uh, plans, their packages, they are awesome. If you go to broadbackironworks.com, put in the promo code knife talk 10, you're going to get 10% off all of your stuff. And they are also if you're uh, if you are in Canada, uh, our boy uh, Lawrence Lake over at Maritime Knife Supply, he had he also is the uh, 
He's a distributor of Broadback Ironworks, and we'll talk about him later. But uh, definitely, yeah. if you're looking, if you're looking for an adjustable workrest, that's a good one. I also know that uh, Brian House has them as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, but the Broadback Ironworks one is a, it's it's a, it, you can see it's it's pretty nice, pretty nice, pretty nice, pretty nice. nice. All right, want to do another one? Yeah, of course. Right. Let's keep going. From- Bremer Bremner built knives. Hey guys, I got a question. Do you use any sort of lubricant while hand sanding or do you just go in dry? Jeez. Uh, I know that sounds wrong, but I'm wondering if one is better than the other or if it's just preference. Thanks boys. What do you think? Do you, are you lubing it up or are you slamming it in dry? <laughs> hey, 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 that's a personal question. That's a personal question. You know, I, it, the whole thing, it's funny because it all depends. And sometimes, I mean, I'm not doing as much hand sanding as I used to. Poor David does all the hand sanding now. He's he's such a good boy. He's such a good he's good man. He's a good dude. <laughs> he's a good boy. <laughs> he's a good boy. He's a good dude. He's, no, he's, he's doing it. He's doing it. And he uses, Killing we it. use... We start off with um, now. We start off with um, mold polishing stones. Okay. We start off with mold polishing stones, and I find that the mold polishing stones is a very good start off before we hand sand with uh, the Rhinoet. And okay. um, I do believe in my mind that if you do a little WD forty, it creates a degree of pumice that does help to a certain degree with the 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 changing of the scratch pattern and ultimately um getting a degree of uh more of a buffed finish i think that's my opinion and i think that on the kind of the grits closer to the end us i would i'm going to just say this for stainless i'm not going to say this for carbon steel for the stainless, I feel as though when you get towards the 800 grit or higher, if you use a little bit of Windex, you end up getting less J hooks. Like you get a little bit more of a slurry of, of, of material, and I'm mm. seeing the J hooks less and less okay. when I do use we use a, when we use Windex on those higher grits. All right. I got you. What do you think? You don't you don't do any. Lube. No, I go and dry. Oh baby. Um, yeah, I'm, I've, I, what is it? I, I used to do just like Windex, I think was it, was what I was using, um, when I first started or maybe, yeah, like either PB blast or, 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 uh, WD 40, whatever it was. Um, but I stopped, uh, one more than anything, it was like, a, it just became a giant sloppy mess that mm. I didn't want to deal with afterward. Right. And so. I was kind of fucking over it. Now, what is really good and beneficial of having of wetting down the blade while you're hand sanding is that you it helps prevent that steel dust from becoming airborne. And if you're sensitive to that, then yeah, you probably want to go with a wet sanding process of some sort. Um, I do agree with you what you're saying about it creating like a slurry, which is typically referred to as a swarf. Um, and what it does, and this, it's the same thing when you're sharpening knives, it creates kind of a secondary polishing medium that you're working with to sharp or not sharpen a knife. Well, I guess if you are sharpening a knife, but also really for polishing the the sharpening bevel or polishing the blade in the hand sanding, you're still getting that same kind of effect, um, which can help with, um, refining your scratches, I guess maybe quicker. If you have hmm. a dual action abrasive happening in there, um, 
And and when it does get when you get to the higher grits, I will say that doing that dry is it sucks. It just it doesn't cut the same, and it feels like the it, the abrasive uh, loads up really quickly. So also uh, having a medium of some sort when you're getting to the higher grits also helps to keep the abrasive kind of more active and and encouraging that cutting action without loading up because it's uh, more likely to kind of float away in the medium whether it's an oil or water-based whatever and um and you can get those higher grit scratch patterns much easier for sure a lot a lot of errant scratches also come from just uh, being lazy in a path a pass where it just barely grazes Sure. You know, and sometimes yeah. the, the, the fluid, any kind of like WD-40 or something. Like that. Oh, PB, by the way, don't, PB Blaster <laughs> is like fucking fuck that shit all the way out. Because I got some, because I, some, one of our dork friends was using it. I was just like, oh, let's try this shit out. I just give one spritz of that PB Blaster on a blade and I had to air the whole shop out. It's stinky. It was I thought I Punch. thought we're all gonna pass. I thought we're all gonna pass out. I thought it was like <laughs> chloroform for Christ's sakes. I thought we're all. I opened the windows. I was like, everybody get out. One fucking spritz of it. And I was just like, this shit is fucking ridiculous. So I am not a fan of PB Blaster. I have not opened it since, and uh, I feel as though it, it will combust at any moment. I got you. Wait, I'm not a fan. Have you smelled a lot of chloroform? No, but it will like at this. I just watch too many mob movies. Uh, too many mob movies. Too, <laughs> no, mob movies, they don't do it. They give you two, two to the back you. of the head. I give you, I give you two to the back of the head. You uh, two that uh, aspirin will fix. I'll give you two shots to the head. Aspirin will fix this problem. But uh, I literally, I sprayed it. And I was just like, the whole shop was like filling up with this odor. And I was just like, I, I, something might be wrong. And I legitimately was afraid. I think the first time I ever saw someone using anything, it was Aaron Goff in one of his okay. videos, and he was using soapy water. Sure. He yeah, was using too. just soapy water, and he had like a little bucket of soapy water, and he would constantly use the soapy water. I do think that there is, I'm going to say just with stainless, it does help against, it helps prevent J-hooks. Okay. So if you don't, you don't want J hooks in the beginning either, guys. Like that's mm-hmm. the one thing about hand sanding is like, usually you think, ah, oh, the J hooks are at the end. You, you got to not have J hooks when you change progressions. Like yeah. when you go from your first grit to your h- higher grit, there can't, you got to get rid of all the, that, those flaws because otherwise you're just going to have to go back. You go, let's say you go to from... You start off at 220, and then you go up to 320, and you go up to 400, and all this. All of a sudden, if, you, if you don't want, you don't want to be up to 800, and then see a a 220 scratch, <laughs> you know that you spent a couple, yeah. you know, like an hour on, and then you got to go all the way back. So get those yeah. J hooks out like every single time. I will say, I think going forward or sometime in the future, I I do I do think a a, a wet sanding setup is superior to a dry sanding setup um i've just honestly more than anything i've been lazy and it's it has to do more with like just not being set up for it um like my sanding sticks and all that none of that's really set up for it and so getting getting that stuff together to be able to and and an area set up to be able to do that so that it isn't as big of an issue or problem right um it could be as simple as literally just having like uh 
like a, a, a hotel, like a third pan or something underneath your hand sanding setup to catch any, uh, you know, medium or, you know, lubricant that you might be using when you're hand sanding. But, you know, when I get done dry hand sanding, if I forget to turn on my air, the next couple of days, it's, it tastes and smells like I've been sucking on nickels and quarters all fucking day, mm. which is not good for your health. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's a, you know, I, it's, I don't, we don't use that much. I mean, we have a spray bottle with WD-40 and a spray sure. bottle with the Windex. The, the spray bottle of the WD-40 we usually use for those higher grit, those uh, lower grits and the sanding and the, then the stones, those mold polishing stones. Yeah. P.S. in regards to the mold polishing stones, you're not holding it like a standing stick. You're holding it almost like a pencil. And then you're, you're using it the long, you're using it the long way. You're not using it the wide way. Usually the wide way, you're just going to break them all every yeah, five minutes. Yeah, it's just the end, right? The short face. Just the end, yeah. And um, they've really been really... And you can get them at uh, uh, Maritime Knife Supply. Lawrence definitely has those. And I think that Maritime Knife Supply also has a new... I thought Salem Straub had... Oh, yeah. Hand had talked stick. about that new hand sanding stick where it... Right. Uh, where it it, it it's a, a 3D printed sanding stick that you can like... You can advance the paper on. Looks pretty. Yeah, Have you so seen you that? cut like an inch wide strip. Say so, you know, say it's a your eleven inch piece of paper, sanding paper. You cut an inch long strip or inch wide strip on it, and it's got little spring clamps, and you just kind of clamp it in there. And it it looks like you can bite with very little waste, maybe maybe a quarter of an inch of waste on either end, and you can just work your way through the whole length of that one inch strip. And then without any like sticky uh, backing or anything like that, you just move right through it and and. Uh, and I'm yeah, not crazy. Lawrence has that, right? You are not crazy. All right, Lawrence, good. Maritime, Maritime Knife Supply guys, go to maritimeknifesupply.com. Get yourself one of them new style sanding sticks along with everything else. Get your abrasives. Get a ten pack of abrasives. You get ten percent off. Go get yourself some whatever mold polishing stones. All he's got it all. If you're in Canada, he's the guy to get you squared away. If you're United States, he gets it to you as fast as anybody else. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Definitely check it out. Lawrence constantly getting the stuff that he thinks you need. And the reason why is because he is a knife maker too. Very involved with the New England School of Metalwork. He's constantly sending me messages about stuff that he has. And it's not because he thinks he can make money off of it. It's because he knows that it's something that you as a knife maker needs. That's huge when it comes to a business like this. So Lawrence knows what you need because he knows what he needs. And then what he needs, he knows what you need. So MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Look at this. We're like yeah. super duper helpful this week. I mean, the all beef review was not helpful. <laughs> we were not helpful. It was escapism. Oh, it was total escapism. And it was hilarious because it was just like, just as you think. It was like drivers and, and like, you know, <laughs> people in the handicap lanes. And, and, and it was just some bullshit. It was hilarious. It was just like, you know, it was hilarious. But so this one is far more helpful. So congratulations. Okay. Let's keep going. Why don't we just keep Let's going? Let's do it. Small Town Smithing says, First of all, happy Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Here's a question. I'm planning on making more stainless steel kitchen knives, but many of my people in my family and in general are very utilitarian when it comes to kitchen tools. If it can't go in the dishwasher, they don't want it. I know knives and dishwashers generally don't mix well, particularly when the water gets into the handles. I was thinking my car to handles or might be fine uh, for a while, but I wasn't sure how they hold up in the long run or plastic rivets. Hmm. 
small time smithing. Listen, your parent, your family's got to, you got to tell them to look. <laughs> I cannot walk on water either. You know, it's like <laughs> you want me to do some things that I cannot do, nor and your expectations are too high. Well, all you have to do is not put it in the dishwasher. You yeah. know, wipe it down. Yeah, that's super fucking lazy. How? Yeah. Well, go ahead. Okay, so th- this is why the dishwasher is bad. A lot of people think it's the heat and the moisture, and yes, that's bad for the handle. But what we're more concerned about when it comes to the knife as an actual tool is the only thing that makes it an actual tool is the fine cutting edge, right? And along that cutting edge are these micro serrations and they're, they can be really tough and wear resistant and sharp as fuck. And, but they are also delicate at the same time, especially in a high performance knife. Um, and the bigger problem with putting knives in a dishwasher are though that fine edge, coming into contact with other metal things, ceramic things, glass things, even the wire rack in the in the dishwasher. All of those are really terrible and will it can and and do impact the edge and damage that edge, making it a less effective tool. Another thing that's really bad about dishwashers is this detergent that we use in dishwashers is not the same stuff that we have sitting on the side of the sink. It's called the stuff on the side of the sink is called mild dish detergent for a reason, because the stuff in the dishwasher is way more caustic, has all these gnarly chemicals and stuff in there that are there to break down whatever food is stuck on the on the dishes. Fucking ravioli. Get get it all. Yeah, get the ravioli and bolognese and stuck on fucking microwave cheese on plastic. And if it's Craig's house, it's all bolognese. (laughs) It's all bolognese. Fucking meat sauce. That whole dishwasher is filled with meat sauce. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, Coke hookers and meat sauce. I hope he's not. He ain't listening to this. There, there. I, I, I remember seeing a presentation by the guys uh, who run um, Crucible, uh, who are the they manufacture like Mac, like Laren Thomas has been working with Crucible steels to manufacture uh, the, the Magna Cut and all the other cool steels that he's got coming out, and um, and their thing about the dishwasher is is the so particularly the sodium chloride there are other harsh chemicals in there that aren't particularly good for the steel but the sodium chloride in a dishwasher if there's any little tiny amount of it left in a, a water droplet that's sitting on the surface of the blade it will eat a hole into the surface of that blade. It's called stainless, not stain impervious. And it's because it's a comparison between that stainless material and carbon steel. Carbon steel wants to patina and build up corrosion immediately. It'll start to rust immediately if you don't take proper care of it. Stainless stains literally less than carbon steel, but it is not stain impervious. And that's the problem people have when they think about stainless knives and the idea of putting them into the dishwasher. And so if that if that droplet of detergent that's somehow didn't get rinsed off in the in the dishwasher and shit happens and it can eat a hole into the surface of the blade, just imagine what it's doing to those micro serrations along the cutting edge. It is also deteriorating that ultra fine edge and in addition to all of the bangarang that's happened around on the inside yeah. of that dishwasher. So that is why you don't want your knife to go through the dishwasher. Plus, <laughs> let's just say, let's just keep going on this. Yeah, let's Plus, let's say you put some wax on your handle. Okay. It's gone. Yeah. Gone. Gonzo. Well, gone. Any kind of finish you put on the handle, gone. It's gone. 
It's right. gone. Get wipes. It's already getting wiped away by your hands. But you put it in the dishwasher, it is gone. That's the reason why you see all these bullshit grandma knives. <laughs> they put them to the dishwasher a million times. It's yeah. like, it's a, it's, a, it's a fucking disaster area. Okay. And like he said, I mean, I, I have to put on, I put on all the AEBL steel I have. We put, before we uh, put them away. I put I we put a coat of of uh, either a T4 mineral a T4 sentinel oil from Trojan Horse Forge or something or a little uh, food safe wax because I'm a fr- I've seen AEBL start to rust from humidity sure. over time yeah so when you do a dishwasher and think about how a dishwasher runs you put the dishwasher on it goes it goes hot 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 and then when it stops you let it just you just let it sit there in the steam until the steam's gone right that's a probably a terrible time for the steel too because it's not like like you go into a a professional kitchen they have these dishwash machines it's like 60 seconds or something like that then you take it out and then they wipe everything down and then they put it all away but with the home dishwasher leaving that motherfucker in, in drying and like kind of like the all the steam is kind of falling away is like evaporating overnight and then you next morning that next morning you got a, a wreck you got a wreck of a, of a knife it's, yeah. it's just the whole thing is is like the the whole thing is a wreck dishwashers are the worst yeah i don't well, even we don't we have a dishwasher we haven't used it in years oh really oh no okay. we just wash our dishes i mean it's now it's yeah. just like me and my wife so it's like it's just, what's the big deal we don't feel feel the need to use the dishwasher yeah anymore. no that's totally fair um i will say if you're going to build knives for these people, uh, your family members or otherwise who are going to be very uh, uh, careless, I guess, with the knives. <laughs> then or maybe demanding. You bol- maybe you bolt on the, the, the handles and you don't actually glue it. So have some like torque nut and bolt sets set up so you can just take them apart and replace them. Or be ready to fucking sharpen that knife like every couple weeks, if not, I- if not more. Because it's going to get the shit kicked out of it. Yeah. Now, if you were to design, let's do a little. Okay. Let's do a little designing. If you were to design a knife to go in a dishwasher, what would you? What would be the perfect dishwasher knife? Serrated. <laughs> serrated number one. You stick them motherfuckers in it. They're going to cut whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, that might not be great, but. I just don't know. You can't. You you'd have to do one of those like one of those handles that's like molded on, you know, where it's like it's like there's only one. Yeah, it'd have there's to be only like one a global or something like that that has uh, the all metal handle. Even those not even those global knives. Those are they're not all state. They're not all. That ain't gonna work. It, the whole <laughs> thing sucks. Let's, 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 let's not design anything. That's enough. Don't put it in the dishwasher. I would probably have to make like a specialized knife rack. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That fits in the dishwasher to help keep the edge safe. And then if I am going to wash a knife through the dishwasher, the issue with the detergent, especially, 
is if it's left on there, like you said, through the drying cycle to dry and, and, and have that time. But if you pull it out when the dishwasher's done and rinse it off and then put it away, you're good to go. But if you're going to do that anyways, then fucking hand wash it. Right. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> but I'm amazed at like how, I mean, they know you're a knife maker. And then they're just making all these extra demands on their own. I mean, you got to charge them. You got to charge them. You just say, you know, this is the, you, you're being a pain in the ass charge. You know, it's like, what do you, they should get a maid or something like that. It's, 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 like, it's like somebody getting a car and they're like, I know this is really great and convenient, but I'm not going to stop at stoplights. Why oh, the fuck no, would yeah. I do that? Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> I do remember when I first started making knives and they were all carbon steel and people were just like, why is it turning color? And then I made the decision to go to the stainless. Sure. But like, and I do, I definitely have had the conversations. And I think we talked about this on, on the all beef review where, where I have had someone send a knife in and I was like, I can tell this one to the dishwasher. He goes, Oh, I never oh, yeah. put my knives in the dishwasher. <laughs> but if I had, and then he goes, then he goes, but, but if I had by accident, what would be so bad about it? You know, it's just like, you know, I mean, come on, man. You, you know, you put it in the dishwasher. Just, it's just, it's fine. Just don't do it anymore. Well, it's like, how much easier you, does you it imagine clean somebody off putting a like a digital camera through the, <laughs> through the dishwasher? I mean, it is amazing. I mean, I, I'm trying to, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if somebody whole, did that. Well, people, people do what they do. Uh, we've ta- caught, we've taught <laughs> enough on dishwashers, ladies right. and gentlemen. Next one comes from. Jean Daniel Lafleur. Dan- Daniel Lafleur. Jean Daniel Lafleur. I like this name. I'm with you, Jean Daniel Lafleur. Howdy. Been meaning to send this one for a while. You know what? His name is Jean Daniel Lafleur. He starts off with fucking howdy. I fucking love this guy. <laughs> uh, howdy. I've been I'm meaning to send this one for a while. I believe that someone asked in a late in the late summer how to reduce the ringing sound on his anvil. I, too, have had that problem and have tried chain wraps and caulking, and I've never been satisfied with the result. Then uh, one day saw my old tennis racket, which had a little rubber device in the strings to avoid avo- absorb the vibration. So right away, I went to my shop, grabbed an old bicycle tube, and wrapped it around the horn. It killed 100% of the ringing. Hope this helps. And if that wasn't clear, I posted a reel. I'm not looking at the reel. Canuck land. I think that's clear. You know, the whole ringing of the anvil thing is really funny. Because 200 years ago, nobody gave a shit about the ringing (laughs) of the anvil. They're like, yeah, this is what an anvil's supposed to ring. You know, this is a... You're you're upset about the noise? Right. This is... This is... It makes noise. That's the byproduct of being able to work with this thing. It just it's the way it is. Are you telling and people now, to man up or something? Well, no, it's because it's because forging has become this recreational occupation where most people are in their garage or in a neighborhood and the, and or maybe they just are not accustomed to the ringing. Right. That you're just like that you're like, you know, there are I used to have a joke with um, Sunset Forge and I, John Ariani used to refer to as Fisher anvils, which are cast anvils, or a little bit d- uh, duller and quieter. We call those city anvils. And okay. then hey buttons, which ring like crazy, we call them country anvils because you're in the country, <laughs> nobody gives a shit. So there's all sorts of different ways in which to, but I mean, you know, you get, I mean, that's why you get an anvil, the, you know, it's not because of how loud it is. 
Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I, I, the, I know that uh, Jesse Savage gets furious when people, he hates it when I rap, he, he, he hates it when I rap um, an anvil with a chain. And so the idea is all the different ways in which you can try to deaden the sound is you wrap a chain around the waist of the anvil and that's supposed to take some of the sound. Some people put giant magnets on the sides. Yeah. There you can, if you have a wooden block, if you have a wooden uh, block as your as your stand, and you kind of glue it down with like Sika Flex or some sort of caulk, that kind of does some deadening. But that's this is kind of like he gets Jesse gets mad because he says you're 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 stifling the sound of the. This mm. is what the anvil's supposed to speak. And this he, I'm that's not how he really talks, but he's but very, it's like, uh, spiritual he's like about it. allow you have to allow the hey button to ring, right? So, do you ever, do you have any uh, tricks or tips to? No. I just have my anvil on a stand. <laughs> That's it. Well, some st- I'm not doing anything fancy. It's just Some a, stands are different. Some yeah, stands definitely will make a difference. Like, a, if you have a metal stand, that might make things a lot louder. Oh, you know what? I was, years ago, I'd never seen, and this is your neck of the woods, those Nimba, you know those Nimba oh, anvils? Yeah. Yep. That's your neck of the woods. That's Olympia, Washington, right? They no, they're from Squim, which is about two hours from me. Squim? Yeah. Squim. It's a That's Native a good, American word. I, I'm for it. I'm hundred percent for like it. Pawtucket I don't know why they didn't call it the whatever, Squim some... <laughs> Squim anvil, but Nimba anvils and I don't even know if they make them anymore. I think that there was like a there was it was one of the last big anvil companies, kind of a newer version. And they, the anvils they had I mean Dino. I mean, they're these fucking anvils look awesome, and the names are good. There's the Gladiator, and there's the, mm-hmm. and I'd yeah, never seen them before. They're known for they're like a blacksmith anvil where the face is flat. There's no ledge. There's no, uh, and then the nose, the horn goes straight from the face of the anvil, which is kind of more of a classic blacksmith anvil. I'd never seen them before, and it was at uh, Morell Metalsmiths. That's uh, Lee and uh, his Lee is the Lee Morell is this is the um, he's the president of Havana and his son and his sons are really great. Justin and his brother. And they had two of them, and they, I'd never seen anything like them. And he and he made these special stands where he had so the foot if the footprint of the anv, of the Nimba anvil is like let's just say the, the footprint is two by two uh, two inch a uh, foot and a half by a foot let's just say a foot by a foot I'll just okay. say a foot by a foot. They had a piece of tubing that was like uh, two inches, maybe an inch and a half bigger on all, all the way around. And okay. they filled the tubing and the tubing was probably standing up off the ground. Let's just say, let's just say 27 inches just for the sake of it. Okay. So they filled it with sand and then they put the anvil on top of the sand. So it was like a tube. It was a hollow tube filled with hmm. sand. And then the anvil sat on the sand and he's like, because Nimba anvils are so loud and it absorbs all that. He says, "Check it out." And he and I hit it, and it was it, it, the sand absorbed all the ringing. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get. I, I do. You notice it, but it's like, I the Sika Flex works too. The caulk works good. All that shit works fine. No more, nothing more to add, I guess. Nothing, no. I mean, I my stand is just a little three. It actually is a hand-me-down from I don't even know where, and um, it's just a little three legs. So one leg is underneath the horn, and then underneath the tail, there are two legs on that side, and it's just uh, it's like one and a quarter inch angle iron 
that makes the the base that the anvil rests on and then like one inch oh yeah it's probably one inch round tube um that goes between the legs and that's it it's there's really not much to it and i don't know i always wear hearing protection and shit when i'm forging so i don't really and i always have like an audiobook going so i'm not really listening to the ring so much as just trying to pay attention to what i'm actually what i'm forging and when to stop and then there is there is something about when your anvil is on the the place that it is not moving it is like center for metal arts they have the three-legged stands Mm -hmm. and they're bolted to the ground and the and the anvils are seca flexed or cocked to the cock to the thing yeah and when you hit it it feels so solid there's no ringing at all. I mean, there's a little ringing at all, a little ringing, but there is a okay. huge difference to having it on a, like a block that you got to move around, and then it shapes a little bit. You don't feel as grounded as you as you could. But I think those three legged stands are underrated, and the biggest reason is is because you can get your feet under them. Yeah, that's what I you like. Know. I see stands, or I, I used to have a stump. It's one my first. I first had my anvil on. But I kept feeling, yeah, like I couldn't get close to where I wanted to actually be right. standing because the fucking po- the stump was in the way. Your feet were, in, yeah. You, you, what are you gonna stand duck footed? Your feet <laughs> <Yeah>. out, ninety <laughs> degrees. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like uh, <laughs> like Laurel and Hardy. You get your legs, you get feet out like a penguin <laughs> waddling around. Yeah, <laughs> just <up>. fucking sucks. <laughs> nice. But I mean, those three-legged anvils. I mean, that's the huge. That's the big thing. Is you can your your let's say you're right-handed. That right foot can get right up and in, under there. And yeah. it, there is you get you're in a better position completely than yeah. like if you have a stump where it's like you have two inches, you have two inches all the way around, and then you the, t- the the your toe makes you stand far back out, and it just fucks up your it fucks up your your stance too. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. Anvil talk. We went from seltzer talk to dishwasher talk. <laughs> Anvil talk. Brute to forge talk. Let's do some damn steel talk. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to... I, I just posted... We just posted I had a piece of Thor, a scrap piece of Thor damn steel. And we, I made a shop knife with a Thor damn steel. And it's the only one we made. And it's up on the website. And I tell you what, this damn steel is awesome. You go to damasteel.se. And if you sign up and then you get some of the damn steel, pattern welded stainless steel, put in the promo code knife talking at 10% off. If you want to check out what they got going on, go to damn steel AB on uh, Instagram. I, the stuff is awesome and it's easy to work with. It's super duper easy to um, heat treat. If you can heat treat AEBL, or stainless, you can heat treat this. It comes uh, annealed. It's you can st- for stock removal guys. This should not be intimidating. Uh, definitely check out damasteel.se uh, and get yourself some of that damasteel. I get some of the Thor. Thor is pretty slick. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Do you want to keep going with the questions, or we're being so helpful? We are being very helpful. You said that, you, that there was some feedback from last week, or do you want to uh, say that there was a little feedback? Um, Freeman, uh, if once again go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and you can um, you can send a you can send a message. Uh, we do beefs once a year, but we got other things to do. So uh, this one comes from Freeman Far- Farm and Forge, and he says, "I just heard my beef on the podcast, and I just wanted to say thank you. I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one who has to has to deal with this." 
Guys, your problems are not your own. Everyone's got the fucking same problems. We all identify with the same bullshit problems. <laughs> Called Antio- commiserating, right? Yeah, we're commiserating. We're all getting together and commiserating. Exactly. Perfect. Antioch Forge says, I almost broke my nasal cavity listening to the All Beef Review. I tried not to spit out my soft drink all over the dashboard and steering wheel when you mentioned the dude who crushed a nut who crushed a nut crossing his legs. The Dr. Dr. Pepper almost came out of my nose in the process, trying to keep it all in, thanks to the laughs and the burn. (laughs) Did you know about... You ever see that video? There's 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 a meme. I don't know what it is. There's this guy sitting on the dais, older guy. He's, like, waiting. I don't know if he's waiting to speak or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he goes to cross his legs, and clearly the top leg, you know, tried to hurdle in them big balls, and it didn't work. (laughs) And he crushed his balls, and then his head shoots up like a fucking wolf howling in the the wind. And we talked about that, and that's what Antioch almost crushed. Speaking of wolves hanging in the wind... I saw the craziest thing this morning. My dogs were going bananas, and we, I was getting ready to walk them, and there was a fox in our backyard. I'd oh. never, ever seen a fox in our backyard. Interesting. That's cool. Never. Yeah, there you go. I'm just kidding. I had a couple bald eagles fly over the house today. Oh, that was look fun. at you. Look at you. Look, bald eagles. We got bald eagles. Yeah, we got we bald get... eagles all over the place out here. Though. We, it's almost a daily occurrence seeing bald eagles around here. We have some bald eagles once in a while closer yeah. to... Bo- there On the Hudson River, there's a bald eagle. Sure. Uh, I don't know if I did this one, but here is uh, Madero's, Madero's Knives. That's Bruno. Madero's Knives. Oh, a guy. Yeah. You want to talk about a guy who knows what he's doing. This guy's the man. Hey, gang. I was listening to the podcast when you all started talking about startling your partners or whoever when you're at the grinder. We were talking a few months, maybe a month ago, yeah. about like how we don't like getting scared when we're doing stuff. Uh, I have a simple and inexpensive solution. Hearing impaired doorbells. They, they flash an LED instead of or in addition to a bell tone. I'm currently remodeling my workshop so I can have a dedicated grinding room. And I'm planning to put one up on the wall if there's uh, so my wife can get my attention outside without startling me mm. or while I'm wielding a chef knife uh, at various spinning death machines. Cheers. <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah, I think uh, I, I always have lights on my on my respirator to be able to see what I'm doing, and so uh, sometimes, uh, if, especially if my back is to the door, my wife won't like come up and tap me on the shoulder or anything. She'll flip the lights, and and for me that always makes me pause because that could be that could be somebody at the door, but it also could be something weird happening with the power. But that usually that that almost I don't think I've ever jumped because of it. I'm usually like. Fuck! What just happened? <laughs> and I, then I turn around. She's standing right there. My first, my first metalworking boss at the Center for Metal Arts, who's no longer with us, Ed Mack, found out that I used to jump, mm. and I'm. He must have felt, and I don't like speaking ill of the dead, but at the same time, I think that he liked the fact that he could make me scared. Like I think that that was a thing for him. I'm not like a. It was just like I think he liked the fact that he could sneak up on me. Mm. I once may have said some things to him that I regret saying, but he did it so often where I would jump that I had no other choice. I said, Ed, if I got a grinder in my hands, you can't come over and tap me on the shoulder. If I'm in the midst, and it was a whole big thing, and, I, and, I, and then my other job, uh, my old boss, John, 
uh, John Johnson used to he used to be he used to do the same thing. He didn't do it on purpose, but he's scared. I get you get so into something, yeah. You get so focused that you're not expecting to be bothered, you sure. know. And it's like it is. It can be scary, especially if you, I mean, God forbid you're on a bandsaw or a table saw. Can you imagine? Yeah. Somebody yeah. fucking grabs you in the back. Right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm definitely a fan of the flickering light situation. My mother years ago showed up at my shop, but not only showed up at my shop, she just started she stood in the corner and waited for me to turn around. <laughs> I jumped so fucking high, not expecting to see my mother in the shop. Yeah. I yelled, I screamed, I <laughs> threw myself around, I fucking and she just like she was very proud of herself for finding my shop, but also very proud of herself for scaring me. Scaring the shit. So, yeah, <laughs> God bless God bless you, Mom. I, you know. We're yeah. gonna see her this weekend. We're gonna see her this weekend and uh I won't have to remind her about this story because she might have already forgot she I know she forgot. It's fine. I hate to make jokes. Love my mother. Yeah. Mm, look. Well, I've, you got to make a joke here and there. Sure. Ebon Blade says, um, we're back to urine. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I Tasty. work in a hospital lab full time and I can confirm the pee story. I do a lot of testing. Oh, my God. We got a lot of this. <laughs> we were, there was a story about, you know, I guess somebody used to say that they used to taste, you know, back in the day, they used to see if pee was sweet and if it was sweet, they knew you had diabetes or something like that. We got a lot of these. I'm not just reading the same one over and over again. I do a lot of testing and you can smell the sweetness <laughs> when you open the cup. Even weirder, oh, there's something called maple syrup urine disease. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> us yeah, he goes, yeah, us hospital people are weird. If you'll excuse me, I have to get back to sampling. Uh, <laughs> I get back to samples I was tasting. I mean, testing. So, yeah. oh god, we That's have fucking gross. We have, uh, we have. I think that uh, I don't know about you, but like Christmas time, we have way too much candy in the house. Okay. Like we get sent chocolates. Actually, you know what? I used to get sent all the time. When we first moved into our house, we used to there. We used to be the people who lived there before us were um, firefighters. Guy was a fire for nine eleven firefighter. Okay. And he was on a, like a list of like a you know Christmas gifts. Some you know some of these companies want to thank the firefighters. So they send they keep their address on. Okay. So for two years in a row, we would get these Racine Kringles. You know what a Racine Kringle is? No. Racine is in Wisconsin, and a Kringle is a giant Danish, but it's like round. It's like a it's like a giant oval, like the okay. size of like imagine getting a pizza box, and there's this ring, and it's like this this um like coffee cake or a Danish. Okay. The first time they came, we were like, somebody made a mistake. Oh, we're Jesus, not calling. Yeah. We're not calling. I mean, you yeah. can't call. You can't say this is not. You know, it's like. You get food delivered to you, and you don't call up and say, this is not, take this away. We <laughs> ate this goddamn Racine Kringle. It was so fucking good. We were just like, holy shit. And then the next year, we're like, I hope the Racine Kringle people. It was like an ambulance company. <laughs> it was an ambulance company. They had the you. old address on, and they were just, and we're like, Let's hope, I hope that Racine Kringle shows up. And then uh, it came the next year, and then we're just like, all right, rolling the dice for year three for Racing <laughs> Kringles, and they had figured it out. We're gone. No more Racing Kringles. Uh -huh. And then I told this story to Jonathan Porter, and he got he went, he went found Racing Kringles, and he sent it to us. Oh, it was fuck. wild. 
but uh, we have way too much sugar in the house right now. It's like it's just ridiculous. I got you. between Christmases and birthdays and. Well, for us, it like carries over from Halloween because our kid does. He likes collecting candy, but he doesn't really like plow through it, and so <laughs> we get a bunch of candy at Halloween, and it lasts him for like eight months. Oh my god! So we just like, and then yeah, and then there's the accumulation of holiday candy and all that shit too. And it but the holiday candy is good because all of a sudden you get like. And my wife used to get stuff from uh, from the medical people, and she used to get these giant baskets with all this really nice chocolate and stuff like that. And you're just mm. like, oh, God damn it, I got to eat this, I guess. <laughs> I mean, but it's like now I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to no more uh, no more candy. I got an interesting one this year. It was a chocolate bar. It was like this really kind of like luxurious <laughs> truffle chocolate bar that had. Pop Rocks in it. I don't know if you ever Whoa. ate Pop Rocks. Yeah, of course. And uh, I used to and, love Pop Rocks. Yeah, it's awesome. It was. Good. It took me back to being like seven years old eating yeah. a mouthful of Pop Rocks. But dude, it made me sicker than shit the next day. I. And that's the only thing I could attribute it to, because nothing else. Pop Rocks was and chocolate, huh? Just a giant bar. Well, it wasn't a giant bar. It was like a normal, like chocolate bar size. But whatever, whatever was in it, made me sick as fuck. Hillary's birthday was last week, and her brother mm-hmm. sent us this like really expensive like box of chocolate, and we we're just like, holy shit! We would each take one bite of it, and we're like, god damn, this stuff is so goddamn good. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm just like, I wonder how my, because I'm on the verge of I'm on the verge of being pre-diabetic because of my genet my genetics are fucking. T- <laughs> I got testing every dude. How? I because like you're in good my, shape. My, I'm in great shape, but like my and my 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 labs are coming back good. But they but my there's so much diabetes in my family that is genetic. So I gotta be like super duper careful. That's why I'm like a fucking monk. You're all like the diabetic time. by proxy almost. Well, no, it's I mean it's genetic. I'm also <laughs> I know, I know. I, every three months. You're every like three months, I'm predisposed to it, right? Yeah. So yeah. I gotta like be I gotta be aware of it. And then the other thing is every three months I gotta go. Check to see how my glaucoma is doing, for Christ's sakes. I mean, I got like, I'm genetically... Hey, Doc, do I need to start puffing that Chiba? (laughs) I mean, you can't be kidding me. I mean, it's like... Can I start calling you Cheech if you do? I'm not going to... I don't see how marijuana is going to help you see better. But at the same time, it's like, (laughs) you know, I'm so far so good. But it's just like, you know, you get to a certain age and you... You got to take care of this shit early. It's like the J hooks. Don't be. <laughs> no, it's bringing like it when, back. I love it. When you're hand sanding, don't be looking for that. When you get to the 800 grit, don't see that 36 grit that you didn't take care of. Yep. You got to take care of that shit early. Fix your J hooks and fix your fucking health. Don't wait till at the end. That's the, what happens. Is like all these guys. They they live their life. It's it's the fucking J hooks. You you've done you've done your whole knife, and then all of a sudden you see this grit that you should have gotten years ago. Same thing with your health. You got to take care of that shit early. Yeah. Hmm. Let's go back to questions. Okay. I'm depressed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got to wear reading glasses now, dude. Getting old is not the best. Do you, I mean, do I'm you not have a thing with getting old. No, is it just I'm, the changes? I, listen, or is there can I tell like a you something? Around? My yeah. wife, my wife has said something to me. We've had a lot of friends die of cancer and okay. other things. And actually, this Christmas, we've had a few friends of ours die. I'm actually going to when this is over. When we're done recording. I'm going to a sh- I'm going to go to a shiva. A friend of ours' mother died. We're going to go to a shiva. 
My wife says to me something that uh, like I is like our mantra. We have college friends who are who died too young. I have high school friends who've died too young. It is a growing old is a gift. So I am mm. completely grateful the fact that I am you know alive and you know trying to I'm just trying to keep my health right so I can keep feeling this good later in life. That's good. That's a good way to think. But about I don't it. have a I don't have a I mean, you know, you make jokes about the shit falling apart, you know. It's like right. I mean, the reading glasses were it was a drag from a couple of years ago, but it's like it's just the way it is. Yeah. There you go. But yeah. I don't have a I don't have a I feel I'm mean, gonna feel good. I feel good otherwise. Okay. Good for my All right, shall know. I read a question? Please. This one's from Freeman Farm and Forge. Hey gang, was sitting at the uh, on the porcelain thinking chair, scrolling social media, and came across the blade with a keyhole handle. I've only ever seen those or seen these done with the metal on the inside and the wood on the the outside. Sorry, sorry, the, the metal. metal on the outside and the wood on the inside. Would it be possible uh, to reverse that if you swapped out the handle material for, say, micarta G10 or maybe maybe ivory? Right, so. Describe what a keyhole handle is. I mean, if you've ever seen a door, uh, especially like an old-fashioned door, it's got like this keyhole shape, which is a circle at the top, and then kind of like, it almost comes down like a triangle, right? Intersecting or that bell, circle. Like a bell, yeah. Or like a bell, yeah. So that's the idea. I think I think that was a, a technique innovated by Rodrigo Sofredo, which is a South American, I think he's Brazilian maker. Did uh, did. The dude is still rocking and rolling, making knives. It's not like he's ancient or anything. He's like, he's like Jeff's age, so he's not close nice. to dying, but close. Good, good, good one, <laughs> good one. I salute you. I'm saluting you. I have seltzer water here. I'm saluting you. Go ahead. And uh, uh, and he's yeah, he's definitely a good follower. He's on Instagram and stuff like that. But anyways, the way that this is made is you usually you drill a hole into the tank. So it's like you, and it's typically a for, like a forged integral. Um, style knife and so what would be the bolster and the tang is is instead of a tang you have an elongated integral bolster that's maybe two inches long so then you blast a hole through it and then use a bandsaw and you cut out what would be kind of like the bell shape of the bottom of the key the the keyhole and then you fit wood in there and there are various ways of doing that but um so it sounds like this guy is talking about doing the inverse uh, so having uh, th what would be the negative space um, where the wood would get pressed in or fitted in, having that be actually the steel, and then having the wood wrap around that steel portion, which effectively would be a tang. I think it's perfectly viable and definitely doable. I, I would think that you would want to uh, mechanically fasten it from a few different directions. I'd probably try to do like a, a through tang threaded Ross rod situation. Um, and actually makers like Charlie Ellis and will, uh, will Stelter have done somewhat um, have played with this concept a little bit by doing uh, these V shaped integral bolsters on their knives. So it's somewhat of a take. It doesn't go super deep, but it's kind of the same idea. And especially Charlie, he's doing a bolt all the way bolted tang all the way through the bottom of the handle to help affix it uh that handle material to the blade. Um if it's a longer kind of dis I don't know, not distended, but like a uh 
if it's, it's a, if it's a longer tang, then I would probably also do a secondary bolt uh, from the other direction, from belly to spine, effectively. Um, there are also integral knives that are called, oh, fuck, what are they called? I think they're called flip tang integral knives. And instead of forging a, f a flat tang that's um, in alignment with the blade, it's uh, it's opposing or perpendicular out of the bottom of the integral bolster. Uh, Greg Sims is a maker I'm aware of that's done that. There have been others too that do that. Uh, actually, Salem Straub has done one or, or a few actually. I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen from him. Uh, but effectively, the tang is running the, uh, the width of the tang is from side to side rather than spelly to bind or it's spelly. Uh, spelly oh, I love belly, spelly to bind spelly, belly to spine. I love spelly to bind. <laughs> we should, that should be the title. Uh, spelly to bind. He, he's going <laughs> to, I'll write something. And he's not going to, he's going to do whatever the fuck he wants. He's going to, so. it's going to, the name's going to be like two guys and a thing. Who knows? <laughs> two guys. I could, there's so many seltzer talk could have been good. Spelly to bind would be pretty good. You yeah. know, whatever. Uh, I would think yeah. that I've never done. I've I've watched people do the fit, and there's a real. Usually, it's they get it really close, and then the wood on the inside, and then they do a real tight friction fit, yep. or with like a press, almost like you're pressing it in, and it's so tight because the real good keyholes, there's no gap, there's no space, yeah. So you really want a very tight grip and i would think that if the steel was on the inside and the keyhole part on the the bell end would be the wood i would think there would be a lot of opportunities for major splittage yeah and that's where uh, for me having that secondary mechanical fastener especially where the wood would maybe transition up into the bolster from spelly to bind yeah. <laughs> would be Love the it. way to help kind of keep that wood attached from it rather than having it kind of wanting to, I don't know, not split out, but like, you know, fan out, if that makes sense. It's a hard one to try to visualize and or explain. No, it's not that hard. You've done a good job. I'm going to make sure. We'll see. If this is says, I'm going to do the name just to see if we're going to, this is a test of, uh, to see if, uh, if, uh, if, if, if Craig is listening or watching Spelly S P Spelly to <laughs> bind. All right. We're going to see if he gets it. If he doesn't get it, you're going to know that's okay. going to be the name. All right. If he doesn't, it's the way it is. He's look, look, he's, he's knee deep in Coke and hookers. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> spelly to bind. What the fuck does that mean? Don't worry about that. Destroying hotel rooms. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Here's the best part. I mean, he's he's from forties. I mean, how much damage can he do? I mean, you don't see. I mean, <laughs> before he's like just exhausted. He's, he's like, ah, three it's nine o'clock. He's got three <laughs> very young children. Very young children. Yeah, he ain't tearing anybody's ass up. He he's he's he's. I think I think if he's lucky. He's get he's taking a sh he's sitting on the I'm imagining he get, <laughs> finishes the gig, he's got a pint of yeah. beer by the side table, and then he, all he wants to do is take his shoes off and he undoes his shoes. And he take and he puts that big toe on the back of his shoe and he kicks that one shoe off and he makes this, oh, you know, just taking the shoes off, oh, because right. you know he's wearing them, <laughs> fucking Adidas shell toes like he's on <laughs> DMC, and he's just like wearing clothes that's probably too tight, and he's just like had a few beers, and he's exhausted, and all he wants to do is take those fucking shell toe shoes off. 
Was a Tina. She's like, get these fucking things off of me. And he just lies in bed and he just rubs his stomach and just like, you know, falls asleep like a pathetic old man. Yeah. I love it. All right. I found Salem's flip tang, by the way. Go ahead. It's, uh, it was, if you scroll down through the post, it's kind of deep, but it's in January 17th, 2021. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll actually, I'll send it to you, Jeff. And then. Or, and maybe I'll save it and we can repost it. Don't, we're not reposting. Everybody go to Salem Straub. You know what he's doing. You, go you give know him a follow. At. Make sure you... Yeah. If you don't follow Salem Straub, then what the fuck's the matter with you? I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, period. End of sentence. Uh, 410 Forge Blacksmith has to... Here's what he has to say. He says, hey, gents. Um, if you're going to make a gift for a knife maker, is it okay to put their touch mark onto the item? I personally wouldn't mind, but I'm just not sure if it would be looked down upon. Thank you. P.S. Even if even if it's a maker's, if it, even if the maker is more skilled than you are currently, even if the maker is more skilled than you are currently, thanks again, Anita Wiener. So, <laughs> is if you're making a gift for someone, should you put their their touch mark on your gift? Um, I've had things personalized. Like uh, my Trojan Horse Forge hand sanding well, jig, it's not right? Your touch mark though. Well, yeah, the Trojan Horse Forge hand hand sanding jig. Yeah, they did do that. Yeah, and then uh, we got those can't twist clamps. They uh, right. lasered that in. Right, it was a nice touch. It was very. Nice. I'm not opposed to it. But if it's like a handmade knife that you're giving as a gift, mm. I mean, my opinion is I the maker's mark. A maker's mark. Yeah, is different than. The, the the a baker's mark is different logo. than something an, an engraved note, you know. Sure. And I think that when you sit, when you're referring to your maker's mark, that means you made this thing. If you want to engrave something to them, like uh, my friend John Ledford, maybe my favorite tongs. These tongs are my favorite tongs. I love these tongs. And he put his touch mark on it, and he goes for for Jeff. From, he stamped in for Jeff from John. Did he say for Jeff? No, I think he said from John. Okay. Maybe he said for Jeff from John. I can't remember. <laughs> but, like, he just wanted me to know that he made him for me from him. Okay. But it's not a maker's mark. Like, I wouldn't put someone's... I, if somebody... If I was making a gift for you, I would not put m your maker's mark on it. That's fair. Yeah, no. You know, like, I, I, if it was a... Like, yeah. If it was another knife maker or any creative person, if, I, 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 I have no interest in my mark being on their work. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. It's just like, yeah. if, it's just I not, just it's remember not, when... It's not that I don't want, like, that no. it's not good enough or anything. It's just, I didn't make it. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Want to do one more and get out of here? Or yeah. hit the after show or whatever, whatever you want? Yeah. I think we hit all of them. Oh, we have to do our knife print thing. All right. We'll do... Hit that next question and we'll do the knife knife print. Okay. Rhodes uh, Martinez... Sorry, Rhodes Martinez Knives says, Perfect. Hey guys, I'm wondering what your views are on sustainability and bladesmithing. I always try to be as sustainable as possible in, uh, in my life, but I find it difficult to reconcile some of the necessary practices of bladesmithing with my desire for, more, for a more sustainable world. Uh, do you have any wisdom on how to be more sustainable in the craft and how you think about, or sorry, how you think it will play a role in the future of bladesmithing? Thanks for keeping me inspired and entertained with the dick jokes. All the love. 
So it's an interesting it's question really because a, I always thought yeah. that bladesmithing was far more, you know, sustainable than stock removal to a certain degree. Hmm. Or as a craft in and of itself, knife making is pretty sustainable. I mean, you're not really wasting, if you're doing it right, you're not really wasting that much material. No. I mean, but there's like the consumables, like we end up throwing away a ton of sandpaper or belts or wasted rags or burning fossil fuels or propane and shit like that to run forges and kilns. Yeah. Um, how much garbage do you, how much, how many garbage bags do you take home or take to the garbage a week? Um, I probably go through or fill a, like a yard waste size or like, uh, whatever garbage bag. One of those big black ones. Yeah. Like once a month. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I probably take the garbage out every other week. And I probably sure. do one, one, I probably do one big garbage bag a week. And it's never, it's always, it's always, yeah, paper towels, sandpaper, you know, a soda can here and there, or, or um, but not a lot of scrap. I'm not, I don't throw most of my scrap away. And a lot of it's because I've actually, I use most of the G10 scrap I use. So I'm not, I'm not throwing, I use it for, I'll make little, I try to be as sustainable as possible, frankly. Right. I mean, I think uh, being makers of things that are ideally well-crafted and can last a very long time, we're helping to reduce the amount of times that somebody has to reinvest in a particular thing. Hmm. It, like chef's knives. And honestly, I think a lot of the waste and lack of sustainability in our world goes to the production and manufacture of essentially things that work in the moment, but are quickly become trash and have to be repurchased over and over and over again. And Look that stuff you. all is going into the garbage, going into landfills and fucking sadly like all kinds of plastic products floating in the pacific ocean about the size or bigger than the fucking size of the state of texas right like a lot of that is just crap that's not designed to last and so i think just simply by making tools that are meant to last for a long time we're helping to encourage a more thoughtful and sustainable culture around the things that people actually buy look at you that was that. I never even thought about it that way. Yeah, Look boy. At you. That's Look why at you. pay me the big bucks. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a that's a very that is a very that's a very good point. You know the fact. I mean, it, you know, you try to figure out ways in which not to be wasteful. And sure. the things I'm when I think about what we're wasteful on is. We do run oil to keep the shop hot, warm. Right. I only t I turn the heater on in the morning, and then I, I'm a miser. I don't like to keep it 61 degrees is where oh, I like it. And then we I turn yeah, it off. Yeah, put some fucking clothes on. Jesus. Don't come don't, to work naked. Don't don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> don't talk to me. I'm Listen, Tony used to say all the time, the heat's in the tools. You know, I'm a for, I'm for <laughs> suffering. I am a, I'm a huge fan. I remember when I had the, the when I was out of my little shed, I got these I I couldn't I didn't have enough power to run an electric heater in my shed. So oh, yeah, I got these kerosene. <laughs> I got these fucking kerosene heaters. Yeah. Oh my god! Like the little and cannon? No, they were like it, it looked like this. It looked like a unexploded missile. 
<laughs> it looked like a bomb. <laughs> and I would fill the fucker up, and then I heat it up, and it heated the shop up great, and it wouldn't, you know, it was clean enough that it wasn't going to kill me. Sure. But I just remember just like, I was felt like it was so wasteful. I'd have to go get more kerosene, and I'd have to get more carrot. It, yeah. it wasn't kerosene. It was like a different type of thing. I, the only things we're wasteful on in, in the shop, it's, I mean, I mean, material, it's not really, I mean, we do have, you know, water jet cut stuff nested. And I don't think, I mean, I, th- I think the fact that we're trying to use other small businesses makes it more sustainable. Like not just going and buying the cheapest thing you can get from like this overseas company. Like I have relationships with small businesses and I feel like, I feel as though using, you know, I, when, when I have to buy material, uh, I use the New Jersey Still Baron, where they're friends and they're a small business. I get um, I get belts from uh, from Combat Abrasives. I also buy belts from um, Maritime Knife Supply. I use our sponsors. I I pay for stuff from our sponsors, and I feel like supporting other small businesses is a, a, a sustainable way of like being more conscious of of how where our money's going. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just imagine like a world where most everything we spend our money on is going to last 50 years. Right. How fucking amazing would that be? How much less garbage or waste would be going in, into landfills and stuff like that, right? Like so much yeah. less. But that's a lot of businesses and their models are dependent on people coming back and buying more of their stuff. Right. Uh, because there's somewhat of a kind of an engineered obsolescence that goes into the product so that you have to go back and get a new one and forging in and of itself is especially like an integral i mean if you had to if you had to stock removal an integral bolster out i mean you'd be wasting so much material be insane oh yeah like the forging aspect of of being a bladesmith is the economy of material it's the manipulation and and the movement of mass to you know be as efficient as possible yeah so Good question. Well, if you if you want to be sustainable, go to Knife Print, guys. Go to Knife Print. You want to learn CAD? That's computer aided design. Go to knifeprint.com and check out their programs, and you can learn how to do it yourself. If you've ever been intimidated by CAD and you want to get your knives water jet cut, knifeprint.com is the place for you. No downloading software, licensing agreements. It's a great entry point and simply and easy to design knives with their software designed for knife making. Hit the render button. It'll show you exactly what it's going to look like. You can spin it around, make corrections easily, then press print, and then it, the the knife spits out of your s- slot, I guess. No, <laughs> it just shows up in the mail, I think. Or something. It prints and out like that, a receipt. Yeah, it just comes up. <laughs> there it goes. Whoa, what's a hidden tang right out of my apple. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Fucking, my, my hidden tang just came out. <laughs> oh, look what happened out of my computer. My hidden tang just came oh, out. Oh, found it. Definitely check definitely check out knifeprint.com and our boy Dennis Terrell, Terrell Knife Work, uh, did a, a master class series on how to use it. I know our friend Henry Hyde uses knife print. I know a number of other of our friends use knife print, uh, listeners of the podcast, and you can too. So knifeprint.com. I think that's it. Time to steal on brown bags. Oh yeah, hit them all. Guys. Let's head on to the after show. What do you say? Guys, this has been fun. Miraculous has been fun. And Ladies and gentlemen, 
educational. This is also the like the five year anniversary of someone complaining that I curse too much. I just, you know, that was a that was a Facebook that was a Facebook message. But uh, so congratulations to that, and uh, we will see you next week, hopefully with uh, with the, are the Keith Richards of the knife of the knife talk world, Craig Lockwood, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so we'll see you next week. Bye for now. <laughs> Did you really, literally just like run your fingers over your lips? Yeah, of course. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm not that fucking ambidextrous with my mouth, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. What have you you been up to? Have you uh, watched any? So you like the Ferrari movie. Yeah, the Ferrari movie. Anything else worth a damn? It's been a while since I've been to the theater. And I'll tell you what, you know, because there's always like the holiday season and all these movies coming out, right? That like Thanksgiving and Christmas are big release dates, but it's like you know what? If you want to see those, fucking save it for New Year's Eve because nobody was at the theater. Well, guess what? There's awesome. going to be a big drought of music of, uh, for a while after that sure. that strike. So there yeah. was a there's going to be a big drought of movies for a while. Yeah. So you're not going to see you're going to have a bump. You have to watch like uh, who the hell knows? Yeah. But, did you uh, see? Uh, yeah, speaking. Of, sorry. Did you see the Golden Globes and all? No, but I Dude. saw a lot of uh, follow, follow that. What is it? Aftermath. <laughs> well, here's now. This is what brings us to knife talk. So our friends, Leah Arapach is our friend, and okay. I've become friends with David Madero and all the guys from uh, um, what was that show? The Netflix show. It was called uh, Metal Shop Masters. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Metal Shop so the guy who was the host, Joe Coy. Oh, was, he was the host, wasn't he, he? He was the host of Metal Shop I Masters. About that. He did the the he did the he was the like the, the comedian MC. host for the Golden Globes. Yeah. Shout out to him, but it was terrible. I mean, I don't know if you listened to it. I, I did listen to it. Oh and it, my god! And yeah, a lot of the jokes just didn't land, and I was just like, "Huh." I don't I know felt, about this. <laughs> I felt as though he wasn't confident enough in him, and he wasn't getting any laughs. And you could almost tell, and he even was saying, I didn't write this joke, and <laughs> I, you know, they called me 10 days ago. And he, but yeah, he he's didn't making really up excuses like, on the stage. Yeah, he's making excuses on the stage. But the worst was, he made a joke about Taylor Swift, and they obviously the camera guys know where everybody is, yeah. and they know the jokes. So he says, ah, you know, Taylor Swift's here. You know, the difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL is the NFL, they shoot to, they, they show Taylor Swift more and they shoot, they pan over to Taylor Swift and she's got this look of hatred and she takes a, a sip of champagne and it's just like, oh my God, this poor fucking guy. The it's funny just, part was, it wasn't even creative. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Dude, just like, I felt I, terrible for him. It was such a. It wasn't. Even, it was a non-joke, is what it was. Oh, <laughs> it was. It was bad. It was really bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. and the crazy part was, is all the metal shop master friends of mine. They were all posting Joe Coy. We love pictures of Joe Coy. It was oh, as if, like it was like a. It was like a living funeral. We love you, Joe. We love you, Joe. You're our guy, man. Everybody's <laughs> being too mean to you. I'm just like, bro, <laughs> metal shop masters. You ain't enough. <laughs> you ain't enough. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't enough. Sorry, love you guys, but you ain't enough. I was actually going to break Leah's Leah Arapach's balls about it. I was going to send her to start texting, and I'm thinking like she don't need this. She don't need me to. What's up with your boy? <laughs> no, she doesn't. Your boy can't tell a fucking joke. What's up with your boy? But you know, Mel Shaw Masters, you ain't enough. You ain't enough to save Joe Coy. Shout out to him for putting it all out there. 
God. Yeah. Yeah, the the jokes were bad. He seems like a decent guy, but Yeah, he seems like a decent bad. guy. Jokes but it's bad. like I mean apparently it's a, just a it's just a brutal it's a brutal job and nobody wants it. That's the thing. Like nobody wants it. And it's I I mean, I think also after like uh Chris Rock got slapped around by Will Smith, I think everyone's <laughs> a little bit skeptical of here's some opportunities for problems. Right. I don't know why he did it, man. But uh, what else? What else has been going? You've been on watching anything interesting? I've been following the, my Hillary got me uh, MSG Plus, so I can watch. I've been watching MSG all Plus? the Knicks games. Well, the MSG Plus is like well, MSG is Madison Square Garden Network, ah, so I can I watch Not the Knicks. Can watch the Rangers, uh, hockey. Once in a while, watch hockey, and. Um, it has been so much fun following the Knicks because they're now they're they're getting really good. They're getting really good. So I didn't get enough sleep last night. I was watching them. They got killed by the the, the Mavericks. Kyrie Irving just fucking put a masterclass on it. That that flat Earth or anti Semite sure knows how to play fucking basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, there is no. Did you hear somebody else say that? You come up with that on yourself. I just came up with it myself. I said well, this morning to my wife, I'm like that. Because I, I thought to myself, I'm like, all right, we gotta get old Ky- Kyrie Irving is an amazing basketball player. He ruined the Nets with uh, with um, Kevin Durant and all those guys. No. And uh, but I swear to God, he went over there, and I was just like, what? we gotta get that anti semite. And he's like, I, I woke up this morning. I said, she said, how the game go? I'm like, that flat Earth or anti semite sure knows how to play basketball. <laughs> He fucking whooped up on us. He was awesome. He was actually, it is amazing. Basketball is, when you watch really good basketball, it really is pretty amazing. Sure. So I've been in really enjoying that. And I, I talked to two friends of mine during the game. So Tomer is always up. So he and I are texting back and forth because he's a huge Knicks fan. And then my high school friend Eric and I text during the games. And we're going to try to go. We have one game coming up that we're going to go to. But now they're so hot, he wants to go to another one. So we might mm. go to a couple of games. All right. And that's that. I'm following sports because it's like, it's the only thing to me that I just don't want politics. I cannot do politics again. Okay. I cannot do it. I don't, I don't. And it's not that I'm apathetic. It's just like, it's so exhausting. The, the rage watching and the things are going on in the Middle East and everything. It's just too, it's just too much. It's just too much. So... I've been enjoying uh, watching football this this year. It's been fun. I listen to sports radio all day, and I've, I enjoy kind of. It's almost like meditation because I'm like departing from. I'm thinking about the game and the sports, and I'm becoming far more uh, a fan of professional athletes. Frankly, okay. I, I and it's actually I was thinking about this. There's a there's a basketball player on the Knicks. His name is Jalen Brunson, and he is the he's. And now he's become like an not an influence, but like he's an inspiring guy. Young kid, his father was a professional basketball player, and he just he's not tall, he's not super duper athletic, he's not mm-hmm. super fast. Everyone told him he couldn't be a professional athlete, and he worked like a dog from childhood. And then he got on the high school team, and then he got into Villanova, and he was a champion of Villanova. And then even when he got into the professionals, he went. He played with the Mavericks for four years, and he went to the Knicks. Everyone counted him out. He just outworked everybody. 
and it, he was he's six two, which is very short on basketball. He yeah. doesn't have any natural talents. He just works so hard, and it's like it is very inspiring. Mm -hmm. I think one of the best things I've seen recently from sports. A friend shared me <laughs> this post of this football player walking down the sideline during, like, in the middle of the game or between, like, halves or whatever. Yeah. And he's <laughs> he's pointing <laughs> into the audience, and he's he's pointing people out, and he's yelling "fuck you" at all. Of them. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, fuck just, you, fuck you, yeah, fuck just, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just funny. sent it to you. Oh my god. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. That's pretty. That's pretty wild. It's very I, funny. I, I think that I think it, what is what is amazing about professional athletes is their ability to not only be fundamentally good. Like basketball isn't like football. Football is like it's so much going on. In baseball, there's so much going on. But basketball, you have this ability to be not only understand the fundamentals and everyone kind of playing the same. But you end up being able to perform at an incredibly high level consistently, surrounded by thousands and thousands of people. Right. It's it is pretty remarkable. It's remarkable to be able to complete and be have be have complete excellence at such a high level. Yeah. That's very inspiring. Yeah. I agree. There you go. All right. Pretty good. Well, anything else? We've done enough. Yeah, done I think we did it. We did we it. We did it, guys. We did it, guys. Proud of you. Proud of you. Yeah. It's Especially good to have you, you back. Though. You're, you're you great. You, you're you, great. You nailed no, all those you're great. reads. No, no, you're great. Killing it. You're killing it. You're killing it. <laughs> all right, guys. You're killing it. You're listening to this. You're just like, all right, shut the fuck up already. <laughs> guys, we will see you next week for another episode of Knife Talk. Bye for now. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.